All right, guys. My name is Dr. Charnel Wolverton Sihan. I am here with Craig Walker. How you doing, Craig? Good, thank you. Good. <laughs> here again for the third time for me. I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, we're really excited because we have an, a guest that has been with us a few times now, and we're really excited to have her back to kind of continue our conversation about some of the experiences she's had regarding regressions with extraterrestrials and um so this has kind of been a hot topic but um we are really excited to have her back before we get started i just want to remind you guys go to swiftfire.org or drshornell.com there you're going to see all of the up and coming shows all the past shows there's lots of great content there um you we also have our books uh see or i was going to say cds not cds mp3s books all I'm kinds of yeah, right. All, all kinds of frequency things, um, fun things, classes, all the, all the stuff. So just get on there and um, and please do if you enjoy the show, please do like subscribe. All of those things help our algorithm. Um, it's always so cool to to meet you guys and see you guys. And we have a members meeting monthly. Um, that's really fun. The next one that we have is July, end of July with Jenny Constantine. And she was a treasure. We just had her on the show talking about the mysterious waters. So um, anyway, without further ado, Miss Barbara, talk to us a little bit about you, your experiences with some of the fun things that you've seen in your many, many years of doing this. And we would just love to hear your expertise and um, kind of what you've seen. Okay. Well, for those of you who may not be familiar with me, um, I like to start off with saying that I'm a psychotherapist since 1976, and then in my psychotherapy work, um, I eventually learned to do regression therapy work, and for the first number of years, mostly those regressions took people into either earlier incidents in this life that were making a big impression on them. Um, or they were going into previous lifetimes, past lives. So, and that work continues once in a while. Somebody still comes to me for having a past life regression. But in 1991, I began to regress people who were having extraterrestrial encounters. And um, I had not been familiar with that before. I I, in the last three years before 1991, um, I had heard of it and I was looking for information about that because I had been told that I would be doing work with people who had had extraterrestrial encounters. And um, finally, um, my first client for that particular reason came in 1991 and um, we worked for six sessions and and they were so helpful for her that she got completely over her extreme traumatization that she had been experiencing um, and, and even got to a point where just on her very own, uh, she realized that, oh, the beings are really okay. They're very scary when they came into my room all those years. But I now realize from the regression work that they um, they are really helping me in a, a lot of ways. Well, that was a shock to me 
because I'd heard very negative things about alien abductions. And um, anyway, I was very, very pleased and so glad for her, of course. And, um, and then other people started coming in 1991 and in all the years since then, including right now. And um, so I have had the great privilege, I consider it, of regressing a few thousand people, probably about 3,000 people. And some of them have been able to come for quite a number of regressions. So it's getting up around 5,000 regressions I've done over these years just to experiences with extraterrestrial beings. So it's been a great privilege for me to be helpful to these people. And they do seem to be helped by the regressions. You know, it brings material that's been sort of lodged in the subconscious part of their minds and then gets brought into their consciousness in the regression. And I must say that the material, the details about those experiences all come completely from them. You know, I never make any suggestions about what was happening. I mean, it's all coming from the subconscious part of their minds. So that means that's good, that, that they can trust it. And, you know, it's different than uh, going to a psychic and the psychic tells you all kinds of things that you didn't know about yourself. And so that may be very useful and helpful. I'm, I'm not disparaging it, but I think people really appreciate knowing that what they found out came from their own minds, they, their own experience. And therefore it, it can be more trusted it wasn't just told to them. So there have been thousands of kinds of experiences that people have had in all of these years since 1991. And I have never encountered any experiences in people that were destructive or that were deliberately mean um, or harmful, but there are a lot that I would call kind of neutral. In other words, experiences with extraterrestrials um, that we would not put the label on, oh, that was a good experience or that was a bad experience. Um, that's what I mean by neutral, uh, but always very, very interesting and always very different. I was just thinking before coming on this uh, broadcast that with all the regressions that I have done, there have never been two regressions where exactly the same things occurred. So there may be um, groupings of things that happen, like uh, a very common one is a person being put on a medical table, and it seems like they are examined and various procedures might happen, uh, but it's always a little different. And the beings are different from one person's regression to another. So 
I certainly get the impression that there's a tremendous variety of beings out there and probably from different planets, different star systems, different UFOs. Um, and they do a whole variety of things with the people whom they take on board. Now, among those thousands of things, some of them stand out to me as having been extremely positive encounters. And this is what the people who've had these encounters say themselves. Wow, that was fantastic, or that was glorious, or, oh, I'm so glad to know about that. They'll say that immediately after the regression in many cases. So I'd like to dive right into that, that is the positive experiences. And one of them sort of fall into the category of what I call transformative experiences, uh, consciously transformative, spiritually transformative, metaphysically transformative. And um, for instance, some people describe that in some of their encounters, not all of them, but in some of them, they have that feeling that they are taken beyond the veil. And by that, it seems to mean that they are taken into another dimension of reality. And the beings are probably, in that case, other dimensional beings as well. And the people experience them as being very high consciousness, high energy, high vibration, high frequency. These words are often used by the people who experience these things. So one woman whom I worked with, oh, probably for 10 or 11 regressions, in one of those regressions, she was taken by a big, tall, white mantis being, whom she had, by the time she had this regression, she had had many other regressions with this mantis being, and had come to realize over time that he, although he certainly looked different and a little bit threatening because he was probably eight or nine feet tall, and he looked like, as she said, a big bug. <laughs> so it was hard for her to trust him when she first had encounters with him as a little girl. But he continued to uh, come to her home and take her out into space for various experiences. And a couple of times he took her way, way out in space, it seemed like, and not even with a spaceship around them. He just took her through space. And as they were out in space, she noticed that they were moving very quickly, sort of flying toward what looked like a big floating in the air, a big city of lights. In other words, all the glass, all the buildings were glass and there were domes and there were spires and all kinds of beautiful shapes of the buildings. And they were just emanating a wonderful light, a white 
light. And this being took her right to that city and into one of the domed buildings that seemed to be emitting light. And there she met another being, a different kind of being than the mantis. And um, he was helping her. It turned out that he noticed, because he had all that psychic kind of knowing, he noticed that she had seen any of the beings who had visited her as gargoyles and, you know, really horribly disfiguring and frightening uh, creatures. And, and this being in the City of Lights pointed out that she had watched too many horror movies <laughs> she was young and was accustomed to the ugliest, most threatening kinds of faces that would appear in some of these horror movies. And it really was true. She had watched a lot of horror movies with her father all through her childhood. So this wise being in the City of Lights uh, told her, um, you know, th this is not true. What, what you are seeing with any of us who visit you, um, what you see is, is a fiction. It's a distortion that you are putting over the look of that being. And he helped her to remove the habit of distorting what she was seeing into a horrible image, which of course was frightening to her. So that was a, a very big help for her, uh, not only then, but from then on. So that was one of those experiences. And then another positive one was that this same tall white mantis being, always in a, a long white robe, uh, he came one weekend when she was visit, uh, having her four-year-old granddaughter staying for the weekend with her. And he took her, my client, the grandmother, and the little four-year-old girl, took them both together, one in one hand and one in the other hand of his, took them out into space onto what appeared to her to be a big white platform of floating in space, a really big one. I mean, hundreds of feet in diameter. And they sort of landed on this platform. It went right to the middle of it so they wouldn't be near the edges. And, and then still holding the hands of the little girl and the grandmother, uh, he did sort of a little ring around the rosy sort of game with them to help the little girl be comfortable. And just, they remained there and he just simply played simple games with the grandmother and the little girl. That was all there was to that encounter. But the grandmother was really impressed, like how sweet he was with my little granddaughter. And that means that she will probably never be afraid of extraterrestrials coming to her. And indeed, it turned out that that little girl uh, was a frequent experiencer of extraterrestrial encounters. 
And so, uh, but she has had a non-frightening relationship with it. Uh, she's not spooked out or terrified or anything. And, and that was because that experience with the big, tall mantis being really, really helped her. So I, th I think that that was really, really lovely. And then I've had a couple of people who had experiences with extraterrestrials uh, taken out into space where instead of seeing a craft, in each case, they saw what they described as a giant amoeba sort of being. In other words, it was hundreds of feet in diameter. And kind of a um, fluctuating being, kind of morphing in and out and, and moving very, very gracefully. And it looked like that they could, um, sorry about my telephone ringing, <laughs> about to turn it on, I'm going to take a little break right now. Okay, sorry about that. Anyway, um, so they, the, these two people independently, these were two separate experiences, two separate men who never had awareness of each other. But in each case, they were taken way out into space by a being. And they saw ahead of them this great giant amoeba being. And um, in, it was sort of transparent. Uh, they could kind of look into it. Uh, they could see the outlines of it as it was sort of undulating and floating around, but they could look into it. And it was almost as if they could see veins in there and maybe cells. Uh, so it was a little bit daunting at first, but they felt themselves being drawn toward that amoeba being and into the amoeba being. And both of those men described in those experiences that they were absolutely enlightened in that being. They were, they felt transformed. It was a magnificent, enlightening experience, a spiritual experience in which they felt they had knowledge about everything, everywhere and felt very connected even with the source of all creation. So when they came back out again and were returned by the being to earth, oh, they were extremely enhanced by having that experience. So that's happened with only two people I have worked with. They both happened to be men. Um, but there was another man I actually physically met in the Los Angeles area um, in the early 1990s. And he told me, this was not a regression, but he reported to me that he very often felt the impulse to get in his car from the middle of Los Angeles and drive out to the nearby mountain areas and there was a road that took him up on the mountain quite high. And he would get out of the car and sit 
on an embankment there on the mountain. And then a really big amoeba-like being would come. This time it was not colored. Uh, the other um, men had experience seeing this amoeba as sort of a beautiful uh, variety of colors, blues and purples and pinks. But with this man from Los Angeles, uh, it seemed to be just transparent, but he could see the amoeba shape and and little uh, cells, little lines that he described them. Maybe they're veins, I don't know. And um, anyway, it would come around him from the backside and wrap around him, embrace him. He would be inside it. And he too would get this enlightenment experience being inside this giant amoeba. His amoeba was probably about 30 feet in diameter, uh, much smaller than what the other men had seen, but seemed, seemed like the same kind of thing. And that would come to him in the mountains outside of Los Angeles, California. So that was the same uh, sort of thing. Now, other people on some occasions uh, will wake up at night from their bed and they'll see a glowing being, like a, they describe it as a radiant, glowing being, uh, very often standing right by the side of the bed, looking at them. Uh, sometimes they will see a face in this glowing being, or at least they will see the eyes, and that's why they know that they're being looked at. Um, and the being is there for good. Maybe the person has been ill or has had an injury, and the glowing being seems to be very loving, kindly, and healing. Sometimes people have actually been healed from something very unpleasant that they had been experiencing and they've been healed by just simply by that glowing being being there and sometimes people will see a glowing being um, very often um, in the middle of the room rather than right there but even then they feel a very positive energy from that being that energy is coming to them and enhancing them or sometimes even healing them if there was something wrong in their body. Uh, so those kinds of beings are different than the other extraterrestrial beings who visit people. Um, and, and for these people who experience this glowing, loving being, it, it is really a wonderful experience. They, they are very grateful for it. They, they say things like, oh, I just feel so inspired or I feel transformed and I'm always glad when that being comes so I think that that is is really nice and sometimes there will be beings who look more like extraterrestrial beings and they are extraterrestrial beings um, and they will still seem to the person oh good I don't have to worry about these 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 are very, very loving. 
And um, it's a special kind of loving that people feel with extraterrestrial beings. It's more like they're being loved by being known completely. Oh, wow. The beings know them through and through. Whereas we can feel loved by people and we can sometimes think, well, that's wonderful that he or she really loves me, but they don't really know some of my little inner workings and they don't know some of my habits. And, um, you know, so so they they don't, these people don't necessarily have the feeling that they are known and loved completely. But with these visiting beings from another realm or another area of space, they feel like I am completely known and loved mm. for all that I am. Not just for my nice personality or my nice looks or the kind things I do or the, the nice things I say. They really know me and love me. So that for these people is really an amazing experience that they have never experienced anywhere else, only with those beings. Now, another kind of thing that uh, people experience sometimes that uh, is, is very impressionable to them and positive is that they are taken in the usual abduction kind of way, uh, taken from their home or wherever they are, and then they are taken out in space to a council meeting of some kind. I think that the first one that I was aware of way back in the early 1990s, um, a woman was taken and into some sort of enclosure and uh, probably a spacecraft. And there was a small group of people sitting around a table. Well, I said a small group of people. I really mean a small group of other beings. And she was brought in to sit at that table with them, like a, a boardroom table. And, um, and they were a council of representing different planets. And they were discussing various things, some of which they were discussing was about planet Earth and some of the difficulties going on on planet Earth. And in that particular meeting, uh, they were discussing the issue of how they had helped to create us eons ago, and they had made a serious mistake in our genetics. Hmm. They had allowed us to have belligerence, anger, um, opposition, greed, warlikeness, combativeness. And so they recognized that that has really caused big problems on planet Earth amongst human beings. And they were very, very concerned about this, particularly now that human beings have nuclear capability, which they could send off at any time. <clears throat> and so they were really objecting to this and concerned about this. So then the dilemma was, um, 
that they had the principle of non-interference with the human race, and yet they could see that what they had originally created was adding up to real danger and destruction. So they wanted to come and fix our genetics, take out all of those negative aspects so that humans would not declare war on each other or kill each other or rob each other, harm each other. And so, and that was what the discussion was about. And they wanted this one human uh, who was there present with them to give her feedback about this dilemma and what they should do. So uh, we don't know how that turned out, but uh, that was certainly a very interesting experience. Then a little bit further on in the 1990s, I was regressing a different woman and she was taken out in space and put into a spacecraft. And on the spacecraft, she was put into what she called a pod, P-O-D. And what she meant was that it was, it looked like a big round bathosphere, the kind that you used to go down in the ocean for explorations. And so she they had a hatch door she was put in there and it was filled with fluid up till almost the top of the bathysphere. And to her surprise, she realized that she could breathe in that fluid. She had assumed it was water, but she could actually breathe it in. And the, um, the trip in the bathysphere in the UFO seemed to go on from her point of view for maybe a day and a half or so. Uh, there was no way to tell time, but that's what it, it seemed like. And then somebody came and opened the hatch and took her out. And she sort of spit out whatever of that fluid she had actually taken in while she was breathing it, <clears throat> kind of coughing it out. And, um, and then she was wrapped in a, a robe with a hood and the hood came out about, oh, 10 inches from her face so that nobody could see her face unless it came right around in front of her and looked in through the hood. Anyway, so she was put in this robe and some sort of uh, rope or fastening around her waist. And then as she turned around, she could see that there were other pods there and a few of them, about four others. And a person, a human, was being taken out of each one and coughing up this fluid and then also being put in the same kind of robe. And they were all led down a hallway a long, long way. So they must have been on a mothership, I would guess. And then into um, a big amphitheater-like room where there was a huge council of beings from all over, many, many different kinds of beings. There was like a, a board table on the, the lowest floor, on the actual floor of the amphitheater. And then all these raised 
tiers of seats all the way around as you'd find in a big amphitheater. And she was ushered to her row, which was about five rows up from the floor at the bottom and sat down there. They had a chair that was just for her. And of course, here she was with this big hood so that to see anybody, she had to turn a quarter of the way around to see them. And she, but she did notice that there were many different sizes of beings, seeming like different types of beings on all the seats all around the amphitheater, all these rows. So she um, determined that they were different groups of extraterrestrial beings, like a little delegation of maybe four or five or six beings from these different planets. This might have been, we don't know, might have been the Galactic Federation. But in any event, it certainly seemed to be a big uh, council meeting with delegates from different planets. And they were discussing problems on various planets. And again, came to the problem on planet Earth about how the humans were really ruining the Earth and how they think of planet Earth as being the most remarkable place. We have so much variety here of topography, of climates, of atmospheres, of temperature, varieties of people, varieties of animals, more species of animals, insects, birds, plants, etc., than all of the other planets in creation put together. This one planet, planet Earth, has more species than any. And that was very impressive to these delegates and the people running the meeting. And planet Earth has big problems on it amongst its human beings who've gotten into so much negativity and competitiveness and warlikeness. And uh, they were very, very concerned about what that might amount to. So that was the same type of thing that was being discussed in that big council meeting. Also, in the big council meeting, they were talking about the huge shifts that are and will be happening on the earth. And in fact, these huge shifts will be happening in the whole galaxy. Um, and they they wanted to help people to deal with those. So that was part of the mission of these delegates from earth is to take back to earth and help people with ways to dealing with the upgrading of frequencies of helping us to go into a higher dimension. Uh, this is the process of ascension uh, that many people these days are talking about, which is really raising our frequencies so that we will be actually living in a, a higher dimension. So these are the kinds of things that uh, people have reported in these council meetings. 
there was another woman who went to a council meeting and the beings sitting there were so lovely, she said, that just sitting there at the table in that meeting, there were maybe about 10 people, 10 beings in that particular council meeting. But the ones right across from her were so glowing and so positive that they just be sitting there. They were tinkling, she said, tinkling. She was so delighted with them and amazed that she couldn't concentrate on what was being said at that council meeting. And they realized that after a while, because she was so mesmerized and fascinated with these beautiful, glowing, tinkling beings uh, that they excused her from the meeting and she was taken away by a being and brought back home. But I thought that that, that was very sweet. <laughs> and and allowed me to know too that there are beings out there that that are like that. So another uh, category of positive experiences is that humans are often taught very valuable things by the ETs who have encounters with them. For instance, one woman uh, was talked taught about healing. In fact, many people I have regressed have been taught healing skills. But this one particular person I'm referring to, um, who had been a corporate executive person moving up the ladder in a, a large corporation, doing very, very well with her career, and earning very good money. But she was having these extraterrestrial experiences. And she realized in one of the regressions, that she was being taught um, about certain energy systems in the human body and was being taught how to do healing with what they called the energy code point. I don't know what that really means, but it meant uh, a lot to her. Energy code point. Okay. And she was taught that as a method of healing a fellow human. And she became a healer. Actually, even before she consciously knew that she had had that experience, she just at one point had just decided, I'm not going to continue with this corporate life. <laughs> it's very beneficial in many ways, but, and it's prestigious but I really need to do physical healing. So she quit her job, opened a healing studio, got trained by Barbara Brennan, Healing with Light in New York over a period of time. And she was already doing healing, but she took that additional training. And um, I think still this wonderful woman is doing a very effective healing practice uh, in the area of Los Angeles, California. But it was wonderful that she found out from the regressions about her being taught this healing technique by the extraterrestrials. She was also taught how to mingle her energy with the energy of the atmosphere 
and bring that into her healing of other human beings and animals here on earth as well. So there are many, many examples of people being taken by the extraterrestrials and taught various things, um, not only healing, but but many other very useful things too. Um, among them are a number of different kinds of psychic skills that they are taught. And apparently we all have in our day and DNA, the ability to be psychic and all the psychic uh, methods that there are, but we have not been taught to use them, to bring them out. Some people do just naturally bring them out. Of course, we hear of them, uh, but but even people who have not been aware that they had any psychic abilities are sometimes um, aided by the extraterrestrials in bringing those out and amplifying them and refining uh, the methods of, of using them here on Earth, which is a great benefit to anybody who, who knows them. And some of these procedures are done on the spaceships, as we know, and some of them are actually done at home, that a person could be, uh, I've had uh, clients like this where they're just doing dishes during the day or changing the sheets on the bed or have, having a walk, and that they are suddenly have the feeling, wow, they are downloaded with information uh, from these beings. And a few people I have worked with uh, have had very long, serious downloads of information while they are deeply asleep. In fact, one man, the first one that of this type that came to my attention, um, he reported that he had been so deeply asleep on a camping trip. And it was a camping trip in which he went several people and they had a really pretty big tent that would accommodate them all and uh during the night everyone except for him woke up noticing that there was a really really bright light over the top of the tent they could see it through the tent wow. and they all went out and there was actually a bright glowing ufo but this man remained asleep and his friends knew that he was interested in UFOs. So they went in and tried to wake him up and say, come on out here. You're, there's one right here. You're going to really like to see this. But they could not rouse him no matter what they did. They were hitting him. They were rolling him over to wake him up. And he was so deeply asleep that he missed the whole UFO close sighting and then uh the next morning their friend said why didn't you wake up you would have loved to have seen this and uh, he said i don't know i was just deeply asleep so eventually he came to me for a regression like what was that about that he couldn't wake up and what we found out is that he d did stay right there in his sleeping bag on the ground in the tent, uh, but he was being downloaded 
with so much information in this really, really, really deep state. And then in the regression, fortunately, we could recover, we did recover a, a lot of that information that had been downloaded to him. So that was even better, he said, than having the very close sighting of the UFO, although he would have loved that too. And there are children who report that sometimes in the middle of the night, they are awakened and they have this tremendous sense. There's nobody there, but they have this very strong sense that they've got to put some more clothes on, put some shoes on, go outside, get on their bicycle and ride to a certain location. And that location, in some cases, is a somewhat nearby woods, a forest. And they go into that forest, and they, they don't know why they're doing it. They just feel compelled to do it. But then they come to a clearing in the forest, and there is a teacher from another realm, another part of space, looking different than we do, but a teacher who is holding what has been called a secret school. Whitley Strieber has a whole book written about that. And I have had some people come to me for regressions wondering about that. So that's an occasion for special learning for these children who are having extraterrestrial encounters. And they learn all kinds of things that they would not be learning here at school or in any other way, including uh, different psychic skills, telepathy and so forth, healing skills, how to cope with certain kinds of problems, uh, how to accelerate their learning. I mean, many, many uh, positive, useful things are taught to children in these secret schools. And then sometimes people have had the experience of in the middle of the day when they're up and around, that there'll be a small group of extraterrestrials who will come right into their home and sit down on their furniture and they will stay there for a while, maybe an hour or two, having discussions with the person. And the discussions all seem to happen telepathically. Now, before the person is aware of such a thing, the person has had no inkling whatsoever that he or she could possibly have telepathic abilities. And yet, when these experiences happen and the beings come and discuss with them and they contribute to the discussions themselves, it is all just done in their minds. They really do have telepathic schools after all, although they may not have known about that beforehand. So sometimes people feel they're being taught about many different things. Um, it has been said by one group of beings that, that the earth now exists in the third and a half dimension. 
we think of ourselves as being third dimension, but these beings were saying that we are in the third and a half dimension um, and that the earth and humans are undergoing a metamorphosis um, into a, a different frequency, a higher frequency. <clears throat> and uh, they also talk about certain groups of extraterrestrials um, that are actually living on earth and are very aware of all the problems that we have here <clears throat> and are transmitting information back to their own kind on other planets and asking for help. And that's where that dilemma comes in. How much do they help without interfering? Uh, so many of the groups would really like to save us from all the negative things going on. And yet there is that principle of non-interference. Some people are even taught about how to work with specific problems here. Like one woman uh, found out from her being that she's being taught to work with autistic children. Now, this woman who was experiencing that had nothing to do with autistic children or with educating or healing. In fact, she was a designer doing wonderful work. But she continued to be visited now and then by a particular female extraterrestrial. And the extraterrestrial said, you are being trained to work with autistic children on your planet. And we have chosen you to do this because we know that you have a huge amount of empathy in your nature. So you would be actually a good person to do this work, even though you've never even thought of doing this work before. So they actually took her through a series of trainings about how to work with human autistic children. And she eventually went into that work professionally. And I'm sure she's doing very, very well with that. She might also be doing some of her design work on the, time, the side because she was very talented in doing that. But it's wonderful that she took on uh, doing this work with children who need that kind of help. <clears throat> and sometimes people are, are taught by the beings about um, complicated planetary systems and galaxy systems and universal systems, um, things that they would not have been taught nearly to that extent by our Earth astronomers. So some of this information seems to go way beyond what our astronomers can know through all the wonderful work that they do. And one woman was actually being trained by the beings to lead other human beings to safety in case of catastrophes. So the catastrophe might be an earthquake or a flood uh, or a tornado or a hurricane, or it might be a nuclear disaster. But they were giving her all kinds of means of being able to communicate with huge groups of people, 
and gather them up and take them to safety. So I think that was a wonderful outreach on the part of those extraterrestrial beings. And anyway, it just goes on and on of the good things that these beings do, including in a number of cases that I know about from the people who have come to me, including rescuing of a human being from certain situations. We hear about this sometimes, uh, rescuing happening by angels, or what we call angels because we don't know what else to call them. And there are loads and loads of testimonies about that. But there are also testimonies about people being rescued from certain things by an extraterrestrial being or more than one extraterrestrial being. So there was a little boy who, oh gosh, probably about age three or so, had wandered out the back door of his home and across the field and fell down into one of those really deep culverts, big cement, straight-sided culvert uh, that was built to catch uh, rainwater coming off the mountains um, in the spring, you know, when there might be a flood of water coming down. And uh, there was no water in the culvert at that time. But he was down in this culvert and could not climb up these walls that were, you know, almost vertical and um, and rather slippery as well. No steps or stairs. And he was really worried and getting cold. And then his extraterrestrial beings came, gathered him up at the bottom of the culvert, took him up headed him across the field so he could go back to his own back door and into his own home. Wow. So that was lovely. And there were a few other stories too of, of people being rescued from some desperate situation by an extraterrestrial being. So now I'm wondering if there are any questions oh, from yeah. any of your viewers or, or either of you as well. About four million questions, perhaps. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I could take um, one. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I mean, to be honest with you, um, something I just wanted to mention, um, and I've not thought about this for years and years and years. When you were talking before about um, about the councils and the kind of the boardroom situation, again, I've not thought about this for a long, long time. I had a dream years years ago. Um, where very similar situation, I was in this boardroom situation. And again, coming from a Christian background, I interpreted it as sort of angelic beings. Mm -hmm. uh, there was this long table of, of beings, oh. uh, all looking all different kinds. And, and it was like a hologram screen. And, and it was a screen of like a, a, a harvest field. Oh. And they were discussing, I, I was kind of, kind of like observing this meeting. And they, they they were discussing, they said the harvest is, is white, but we, we don't have permission to go in. We need someone from the planet to give us permission to go in. Mm. And then they all turned and looked at me. And oh. I saw, like, oh, I'm from there. Yeah, go, sort of thing. And that was oh, it. That was my wow. experience. Um, oh, I'm glad you gave them permission. Yeah. So, so 
<laughs> I've not thought about that for years. And I'm just like, that's crazy that like other people are having similar experiences like that. I mean, I didn't put it down as an experience. I thought it was some sort of, well, just like a dream situation, but that was, that happened. Well, and I'm like, that's mental. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of people have what they consider is a vivid dream. After mm -hmm. all, they're in bed at night. Yeah, yeah. These things happen and they're asleep. And so when they wake up and they're aware of this, it can certainly seem like a dream. But in many cases, when it's so vivid and it lasts, it, rem it remains in your memory for years. Yeah. Uh, it and, and if we do a regression to that quote unquote dream, um, we realize that, oh, it really isn't a dream. It's, it's actually a real thing that happened. So that may have happened, Greg, to you. <laughs> yeah. That's Particularly, um, like in the regression, you can remember so many details, including of the very beginning of that, like when you were visited in your, in your room and taken away to that council meeting. And, um, you know, can remember many, many of the details about that in the regression. And so when the person comes out of a regression like that, they say, oh, well, okay. All these years I had thought that was a dream, but it wasn't a dream. It really no, yeah. <laughs> yeah, But it can certainly <laughs> seem like a dream. I, I, yeah, well, that's I it. And, and like the conscious mind wants to kind of like almost, not discredit, but like just, you know, this is, this is the 3D world. And what happens out there is, you know, whatever, it's ethereal, sort of wispy stuff, you know. But <laughs> yeah. it's like, it was very real to me, you know. And, and yes. again, I've thought about that for years. And it's just, I don't know, it's just in, reinterpreting it with the, the information and the sort of, uh, with things that we know now, you know, it's like, this is, this is crazy. <laughs> right. Well, how old were you when you had that quote unquote oh. dream? I would have been maybe late twenties. I'm 38 now, so maybe maybe 10 years ago, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so you, adult, would been, you, know. you would have been old enough. You were a, a, an adult. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, I can see why it's very possible that you could have been taken for that. That's so cool. Uh, you seem like a good bloke. A good bloke. Yeah. <laughs> bloke. Yeah. I love that word. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we don't get that anywhere else but in, in the UK is bloke. Yeah. No, I think that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Instead of guy. Yeah, yeah. I think um Craig and I have talked about this before about the whole messenger angel thing because I I have had reoccurring incidences where these things show up. I never use the word glowing, um, but that is accurate accurate um I, I always use the word iridescent because they it almost like they change colors a little bit and they're mm -hmm. always like pastelly like really really light thin pastelly colors that would like glisten um yeah. and there's there's one particular that's come several times but in my previous life this life um we we were craig and i and lots of people um were a part of like ministry type stuff so that was the only language or filter or perspective that i had at the time but they usually came um every single time i was pregnant to tell me that i was pregnant um mm. and they came for or she 
there's two that come sometimes, but mostly this one lady. And sometimes I hear her, even though I don't see her, mm-hmm. or I'll wake up and I'll hear her before, like, like in that little kind of in between state or something. But I've had them come regarding like job change and giving me a heads up about things or doing something that I'm afraid to do. And, and, you know, but they are trying to push me or not push me, but like invite me to go ahead and, and do that. But that has been a thing where we've been like, okay, are these angels? They they did not have wings. Um, You know, there were very tall, like I would say over 12 feet. Um, I'm not really good with, you know, I was just looking at the door of like where things would be to kind of use that as a a thing but um but but mine were never ugly like you were talking about like the you know the creepy stuff um the creepy weird you know monstery or bugs or anything I think that would really freak me out honestly um and so I'm wondering you know you talked about like Herb seeing the perspective that she saw because she made it ugly do you think they really look like that and maybe they use a screen or something or that was or are they beautiful I mean like what's or or is it a little of both well I think a little of both some of them are um so different looking from us that we might think of them as creepy uh just from that's a very uh subjective point of view yeah, I shouldn't say ugly because oh, ugly yeah. to them, they could be like, dude, you are hot. They could be ugly to them. Fine. <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't yeah. know. They have fun thinking about what they must think about us. Yeah. You know, looking at us, I mean, and, and we're so different um, from them that, that we must look pretty strange too. True. But uh, so with that one particular woman I was talking about, whatever the being she was visited by a variety of beings but she mostly had experience with this tall white mantis being whom she came to have really good feelings about even even a feeling of love for him and and from him even though he looked like a big eight or nine foot tall bug still um but anyway she was taught by that being in the city of lights that whatever the being had been who would come to her she would distort the look and see it as a really ghoulish threatening looking kind of being even though it wasn't so he he actually in this experience the being tested her He said, okay, look at me and describe what you see. And she would describe it. And he'd say, no, look again. Close your eyes and then open and look again. You are distorting the image of my face. And then she'd try again. And he'd say, no, well, you did something different there, but you're still distorting. And he kept working with her like that. until she could see clearly what he looked like and describe that clearly mm-hmm. said, good and and what she was seeing finally clearly 
was not nearly as disturbing. It was different from us, yes, but not so deeply disturbing as the, as the other images. So he said, when you go home and you are visited again by other beings, you know, do what you did here today to, you know, like blink your eyes, shake your head, look again, and do that two or three times until you really see what the beings are like. And yes, they are different than you human beings, but that does not mean that they're harmful or bad or dangerous, unlikable. Some of them are really, really wonderful beings, and we want you to be able to see that like she had finally seen that with the mantis being. Yeah, I I, I have seen one that wasn't very pretty. Um, that one I talked to you about in Mount, Mount Shasta um, in December 2019, uh, January 2019. But, um, but that even like shifted, but, but there are like scary bad ones too, right? I say bad, but not so enlightened um and or kind of have you experienced any of that or had people share about like scary ones or evil ones or well never never evil ones um but uh, some people have been very frightened of the reptilian mm. beings. and understandably so because they look so different than we do uh they remind people of alligators and crocodiles which of course are dangerous right humans right hear them um and and their skin is so different uh very often but not always they are very tall and very muscular uh very threatening just by their size and strength and muscularity and some of them are reported to be very arrogant like they feel that they are really superior and, and carry that whole air about them. So uh, many people have found that they are not happy to be in the company of a reptilian. And yet um, I have reg regressed people who were okay being with certain reptilian beings. In fact, one woman uh, had many experiences during all of her growing up years from when she was very little uh, she'd be taken to a spaceship and uh, met by a, there were different kinds of beings, but she was met primarily by a very tall reptilian male who would take her into his quarters, he called them, his, his room, and um, sit her on a, a bench that was sort of built it, built into the wall and sitting on the floor, you know, and um, some, it had some softness to it, like a, like a sofa sort of mm -hmm. built into the floor. And uh, he would sit on that with her and read her stories and uh, play games with her, teach her games and acting, you know, like kind of like a nice friendly uncle. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't human, mm -hmm. he was reptilian. Uh, but she trusted him and uh, got used to him and, and had many visits with him all during her um, childhood 
life and and beyond that as well. Uh, so even though he looked definitely different and certainly could have looked threatening to her, the way that he acted with her was just so decent and nice mm -hmm. and comfortable to be with that uh, she very quickly in early childhood got over her prejudice. Mm. And he had a name for himself, which he gave her, and she referred him to the name. And um, so for her, it was, as I say, just like visiting with a, a, a nice uncle. Mm -hmm. that, that sort of feeling about it, okay. almost like family, you know, somebody, somebody she could trust. Uh, he did not betray that trust. Uh, so she continued to have that feeling uh, during all of those years. Well, that this is fascinating for sure. And I know that a lot of viewers will be watching this and may even have more questions. If you have questions, you know, put them in the comments and um, I'll have to send them to Barbara and or let her have a copy so she can keep up with whatever. Um, and then but how can people find you, too? Because I've had a regression with you and it was pivotal for me to like really get some clarity um really see some things I didn't see uh understand some things I already I had seen um put some things together that I never would have put together um mm -hmm. you know so and I just ordered your books and I'm excited to get them to your um the hybrid book and then I actually ordered the the kids book too I thought that yes. was cool. So you're um, being put in the mail tomorrow. Yay. Well, tell us how to find you and anything else you got coming up or whatever. And that way people can um, find your channel and your website and get in okay. touch with you. Well, thank you. My website is Barbara Lamb. That's L-A-M-B. So Barbara Lamb Regressions dot com. Barbara Lamb Regressions with an S on the end, dot com. And then my YouTube channel is Barbara Lamb ET Regressions. So uh, some of these interviews, I think, will be on that channel yep. and uh, many others as well. Lots of, diff lots of different topics uh, covered in each one of those podcasts, one one topic for each podcast. So um, I've been getting feedback that people are really finding them very interesting. So that's good. And they're interesting for me to do. Uh, I, you know, I just have learned so much from doing this work with so many people. And uh, it's really a pleasure for me to share some of it rather than just have it stay with within my awareness. <laughs> the awareness of the person who comes. So I like to have more people know about these things too. And very often people listening to one of these podcasts will say, oh, I remember that. <laughs> that Yeah, that's what that was. Oh, now I understand. So, you know, hopefully it's helpful for some people. And for those who have not had experiences, it just opens up to their awareness that there is this sort of thing going on yes. for millions of people, even if not for them. Yes, yeah. 
That's awesome. I think it's good the more we know. Oh, Absolutely. for sure. Yeah. It's, awesome. it's, it's wonderful that a lot of this is coming up into the light of, of day and uh, more and more people are realizing that all of this is really very much part of reality. It's just that, well, I know I certainly didn't grow up with any knowledge of anything like this. Sure. You know, until well into my adult years. And I'm very grateful for being able to know about this. Awesome. Well, I am very, both of us are really happy that you came again and um, just absolutely love your work, love you as a person, love the purity of your heart and just such a sweet, you know, lots of people do different things. Um, and there's, I'm sure people who do what you do, but the way you do it and the love and just the care that you have for people, it, it really makes a big difference um, when, you know, as a person on the other side trying to figure things out because it could be a little bit overwhelming and emotional and scary and unsettling and just trying to you know confusing and you yeah. just really know how to walk people through which is why you've been doing this for what um seven thousand five thousand seven thousand however many people now and and growing say years, then. <laughs> what's that so you say 5,000, 7,000 years. Ah, yeah, no, people, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, who knows? I mean, you never know, but anyway, <laughs> you, yeah. have, you guys have a wonderful day. And for those of you watching, I really do encourage you to connect with her and check out all of her great books and, and, and you know, everything. Um, honestly, she's just a, a blessing to my heart. And a trove of information, absolutely. Yes, ma'am. We, yeah. we we right. love you. Yes. And definitely too, I just want to remind you guys, if you're interested in helping us keep the channel going, we love to have your membership. We'd love to have your subscribers um, share this with people. Um, we do monthly meetings. We do giveaways. I just did um, two biofeedback giveaways and did the scans um, for some people. Um, mm -hmm. And that, that was really, I love getting to know you guys better. And so just connect with us and hit the like and do all the things and definitely share. Cause you just don't know who is going to hear this, that it's going to like be a key for them to really connect some things and remember some things. And um, so love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you next Thursday at 12 central. And we do appreciate you so much. Have a great and wonderful day. Thank you.